2: the world and especially the United States to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government.
0: The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It is- this Just... is It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the
1: gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes.
2: Perception is the key and the heart is the solution. Heart perception will change everything. Your host Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com, find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, and visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info for the full show archive the montages and more again, www.thesecretteachings.info. We have a new archive going up on the website as we've switched over to Captivate from Spreaker. So you will no longer be able to find the shows on Spreaker. And there's a number of reasons that this has been done from financial to convenience and Uh, Captivate offers a, a better platform for what we're doing. So if you're already a subscriber and you get into the archive, you'll see that you can do everything that you would like with each individual show. It'll give you the details on the show, the notes for the show, the download button for the show, and more in the archive. If you're not a subscriber and you'd like a sample week of the archive, I can do that for you. Otherwise, we are doing our February in bulk archive special. And when you subscribe, you support the show, the network, and hopefully you support yourself if you enjoy this show and you'd like to help keep us on air five nights a week. And that's not just standard rhetoric. You really do help keep us on air. Every dollar I get goes right back into the show. And as I'm very open and honest with all of you, and I have been since the beginning, we make about $600, $700 a month doing radio, which to me is quite a bit of money. If I could break a thousand, I wouldn't have to work a part-time job. So that's the financial side of things behind the scenes. That's the occult. That's the concealed. And on the surface, this is the secret teachings. And one of the things that the secret teachings has pioneered over the last couple of years is an annual analysis of one of the biggest events that is watched on television by tens of millions of people all over the world. This year, 99.9 million viewers tuned in to the Super Bowl, according to estimates from Nielsen, the Nielsen Ratings, which is up from 98.4 million last year. Now that's a lot of people tuned in to a football game. And of course, there are going to be higher numbers of people that tuned into the game this year from home than last year because people feel as if they can't leave their houses or in some places they might be fined or arrested for leaving their houses. I'm not sure how bad things are in Australia or for those of you in Australia, if you really get into the Super Bowl the same the same way that Americans and and others do. I'm not really sure what the numbers are around the world, but obviously it's a it's a big event. The whole world doesn't like Super Bowl, but most of the United States does. I mean, uh, about a hundred million people watched the Super Bowl. Uh, I'd say a, you know a few million of those people are those who just kind of turn it on because it's it's there, it's something to do, right? Other people tune uh, in the Super Bowl because they want to watch the commercials, and the commercials, even you know, two years ago were a little bit better than they were this year. They weren't that fun. They weren't that entertaining. They weren't even that clever. It was mostly celebrity faces. That's all that was. There was like, I think Cardi B was in the, uh, was in a commercial with with the Wayne's world commercial with the subliminal messaging, which I thought was interesting. And you had Will Ferrell in the car commercial. And uh, I mean, you had Jason Alexander. He's done the tide commercial a couple of years now. So you had a lot of celebrities, but you didn't really have a lot of, a lot of good writing. There wasn't any clever writing or clever jokes, or at least that I saw. I mean, some of the feeds are different. I missed, I missed the uh, Super Bowl chip commercial with all the NFL legends. That was not, unless I just blinked or something and missed it. That wasn't on my feed. I was watching uh, through CBS the All C and I, which was uh, in turn watching me, uh, although I have my camera covered up. But I, I was watching through CBS. I didn't I did not see that feed um, there were some other things I didn't see some some of the some of the, the uh, there are a couple other smaller commercials uh, I'm not even sure if you know every commercial that was for the Super Bowl aired you know some aired more than once some aired just during the end of the game uh, the biggest commercial which we'll talk about tonight was the uh, the Jordan commercial Michael B Jordan the Alexa commercial and that is a commercial that because it's Amazon relates to the sponsorship of the Super Bowl, which is an Amazon sponsorship, where they said I think it was sometime in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game, where they said you uh, you know this you're, you're watching you know the NFL Super Bowl, this uh, game is being sponsored by Amazon, the perfect body for Alexa. And in the Michael B. Jordan commercial, which I thought was, you know, if you want to make the argument, I thought it was kind of sexist uh, against men. Uh, I thought it was kind of anti-human against human relationships. Uh, but beyond that, I thought, you know, there is a parallel between at the beginning of the commercial where the lady looking at the little spherical Alexa device, a little black sphere, which is, you know, crystallomancy, ob- obsidian stone, uh, they use, you know, crystal balls to scry to see the future to ask questions. Uh, they call it scrying in the black mirror, like our televisions and our computers and phones. And she says, "I can't imagine a more perfect vessel for Alexa." And then she looks out the window and she sees Michael B. Jordan and thinks, "Well, he's a hot guy. I think you know Alexa would be better in him." And then he he becomes an android. So that that really, I think, to me, summed up in the first few minutes here, what I saw. And uh, like I said, we've kind of pioneered here at The Secret Teachings the uh, the Super Bowl analysis from the commercials to the halftime show. Uh, earlier tonight, many of you just a little bit ago heard us on or heard me. Um, I say us. It's you know the show and all of you who support the show. Uh, it's only because of you I'm able to do what I do. And so we, you know, we were on ground zero with Clyde Lewis. We, uh, I did a show with Clyde back in early January last month. And I mentioned to Clyde on the phone after that, uh, I talked to him on the sixth during what happened at the Capitol in the U S and I said, are we going to do that Super Bowl show this year? And he said, Oh my God, I forgot. You know, the last year just went so fast. So we planned on it. We did it in the last, uh, last couple hours here. You know, I, I don't know what, what time zone you're in, but Uh, You know, different time zones, it's, you know, early in the morning here, Eastern time in Western New York, uh, which this city would have erupted, you know, if the the Buffalo Bills would have went to the Super Bowl, won or lost. Uh, You know, people around here are kind of more depressed about the Buffalo Bills not getting to the Super Bowl than they are about, you know, anything else. But millions of people watched the game. Maybe the Buffalo Bills fans didn't, but millions of people watched the game. 99 million people. And that's a lot of energy. And that's why I've done the Super Bowl analysis for as many years as I have. And that's why I've done the annual Ground Zero show with Clyde Lewis. And even earlier tonight, 5 p.m. Eastern, roughly, I was on the Kev Baker show out of Scotland. So I've done a lot of rounds today. And I've talked about a number of things that you'll hear a little different on Kev Baker, a little different on Ground Zero, because, you know, Clyde has his own take, his own point of view. And, you know, he called me during the game a couple of times and we talked about what we were seeing. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's, I don't, I don't like talking about the Super Bowl or the halftime show or the commercials as, as some clickbait conspiracy. It's, it's none of that. It's more like, it's more like a Joseph Campbell work, right? It's, it's the archetype. It's the symbol. It, it's, it, symbols communicate to us on a subconscious level. And we see that through subliminals, right? And you, you, you saw that in the halftime show with the words on stage and the words underneath of the stage in that lighted room with the goldish walls that kind of look like mirrors. It's like a house of mirrors. And you saw, you, know, you saw words like alone and enough, and that, that was subliminal. And then, of course, you had the subliminals that were intentionally placed as a joke in the Wayne's World commercial. So subliminal messages, symbols, that's really the tool that we use to analyze the Super Bowl and to analyze the halftime show, the tools of symbols and archetypes. So, if we understand uh, that going forward, then if you've never listened to a show like this, The Secret Teachings, or if you didn't, you know, if you never listened to like a Ground Zero show where we break apart the Super Bowl every year, uh, to me, it's all about the tool, understanding the tool, and understanding that the Super Bowl itself is kind of like an oracle for the coming year because so many people watch the game, hundreds of millions, 99 million plus this year, that all the energy, all the attention, that is directed into this event of uh, the Super Bowl, you know, the bowl is a giant cauldron of where all this energy is poured. So in like the tarot card, right? Or in occultism, uh, you have the chalice or in witchcraft or paganism, you have the chalice and the chalice holds the intuitiveness of man through the divine favor of the gods. It's what, comes down from heaven. So the bowl of the Super Bowl or you can say the the giant Super Bowl, it is what absorbs all this energy. And the halftime show in particular is important because it's the center stage with music and dancing. It's different than the game. It's music and dancing and it's ritualistic and it's 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 pomp and pageantry and ceremony. And so essentially what it is is it's a it's a giant ritual and i think that sometimes people uh, misunderstand that when i or others talk about this we, that we they use buzzwords because they don't really fully understand the the symbolism the oracle the energy they say well this was an illuminati event this was some kind of you know scary spooky dark uh, conspiracy you know the reptilians hosted the the halftime show i never understood what the what the hell that meant to be honest with you you know sometimes you just see things in nature looking out my window right now i have a couple of trees outside and those trees are phallic in nature nobody planted those trees thinking hey, this looks like a giant penis you know like like beavis and butthead on the paramount is it paramount pictures commercials you know she said crack I nobody nobody said hey this looks like a penis I'm going to put this in the ground you know that'll be that ooh that that's that's the vagina nobody nobody said that it's just a tree that grows out of the ground it's the archetype and the male and the female in everything just like the plug outlets here in my studio so that's the archetype and the symbol and then the energy that pours into the giant bowl into the halftime show and you know the commercials and all of that is the ritual that empowers In a sense, the crystal ball or whatever divining rod you'd like to use, if you will. And that is the oracle for what is coming. What is coming? Maybe you ask that. What is coming? What is coming? Well, it really isn't any different this year than it was last year or the year before. What is coming is a post-human world of Human 2.0 or Human Plus, a world where the organic reality that we experience, perceive, and live in will be overridden, augmented, and replaced by a virtual one. Now, this isn't something where you wake up in the morning and some dystopian police force comes to your door and they hook you up to a machine and they put you into a pod. That's a metaphor. Something like that in a movie is a metaphor. In the Matrix, it's a metaphor. Humans are grown in these pods, in these big fields, endless, endless fields. Where humans are not born, they are grown. They are harvested. Their energy is harvested. Kind of like Monsters Incorporated, right? Monsters come into our world, they take the screams, they take the fear, the terror. But really, laughter and happiness and joy in children are the Achilles heel, heel of these monsters because the children, when they laugh, it overpowers the darkness and it actually works to better power the monster world in the end. So when you look at w- what, what all of it means and you look at the, the, the post-human world and the replacement of the, the organic world and you, see, you think about movies and machines and robots like the Terminator and all oh, those are just movies and all oh, these are just ideas, it's... It's interesting because the last couple of years during events like the Super Bowl, you notice that machines and technology are a huge, huge component of the overall theme. Now, you can argue, sure, that the advancement of the human race is evolving in this direction organically you could argue that it's evolving synthetically. It's art- artificial. You could argue both. Regardless of what you argue, though, we are moving in this direction. And so, of course, that's just the culture of it. So that's going to be there. There'll be, you know, funny, silly commercials during the Super Bowl, just like there are during any, you know, uh, CBS television show during the breaks, you know, watch on Thursday night or wherever and whenever you watch, you know, television or something like that online uh, It's just normal. You see it. It's there. It's like the trees outside. They're phallic, but they're also just trees. It's like, well, there's robots, but they're also just, it's just a cultural thing. Then you think, well, there are obviously powers and forces and agendas and companies and others that want to sell you things, right? They want to sell you something during this big event because, you know, companies make a lot of money. The NFL makes a lot of money. Cities make a lot of money. I'm not sure how much money Tampa made, but, you know, obviously having a smaller crowd size this year, like 22,000 compared to 65,000 in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, it's a little bit different. They made thousands off of those stupid, I thought they were stupid, cardboard cutouts where you could put, you know, your picture in it or something and you pay the NFL or Raymond James Stadium 100 bucks to put cardboard Picture of yourself in the stadium. Uh, I thought that was very bizarre. I was thinking they were going to have cardboard fans, and you know, f- half of the audio was going to be fake. You don't know what you don't know what's real. It looks like there's crowd, but they're cardboard. It looks it sounds like there's a game, but it's really just you know fake audio sounds being pumped into your into the broadcast and the signal you're receiving on your TV or the computer. So when you sit back and you look at it, it's just like it's a football game. It's a stupid commercial. It's boring commercial. It's a halftime show. Wow, that halftime performance was great, or that halftime performance was weak, and there's nothing more to it. On the opposite of that spectrum, there are people that sit there with their notepad and say, "Well, that's an Illuminati symbol. That is the reptilians. That's an ascension symbol. Uh, that's the apocalypse symbol. Like I don't know. You know, I've heard everything. By, you know, at this point over ten years. And then there are some of us who just like to sit and take it in, you know. use the tool, understand the energy, where the energy pours into the bowl, see the ritual, and then use that as an oracle for the future. And what's coming is the human 2.0, the human plus. It's a post-human world, a synthetic world that replaces the organic world. That's what it is. Now, you can say, well, I didn't see a lot of that at the Super Bowl. I saw calls for justice and calls for equality and I saw black people being represented and this was a wonderful day for the NFL and a wonderful day for Tampa and a wonderful day for you know for everybody who's of color and all that right and I don't know I saw that but I I feel that the two are intimately connected and I'll explain why uh, for those of you just joining us I'm Ryan Gable this is the secret teachings tonight is a very special broadcast we're only going to have a break at the top of the hour because there's a lot to talk about. Sometimes we do a part two of this show, but uh, today I had a really long day. I was on Kev Baker earlier. I was on Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis just a little bit ago, and now I'm going to give you my unfiltered, unedited, uh, in the sense of you know having lots of commercials and being on other shows, my unedited analysis of this, and uh, I want to start from the beginning and, and lay this all out. And so, so basically, I, I had, um, you know, I work a part-time job, so I had my part-time job over the weekend, and I was a little bit overwhelmed because I, I hadn't finished my book, The Technological Elixir, editing it for the second edition. I'm very close to the end of it, but I didn't finish it yet, and, uh, I, I was trying to calm myself down and say, listen, just stop, enjoy this, you know, the, the Sunday Super Bowl ritual. And so long story short, I did. I put all that on the back burner. Uh, hope came over after work. Uh, we came back here to the apartment and we, we cooked, uh, well, hope made guacamole, which was crazy good. She made Pico. Uh, I made like a, a vegan ranch dressing, which was just some spices and some oat milk, uh, homemade oat milk. So we had like ranch dressing, guacamole. We had Pico, um, I rarely eat chips, but I got some blue corn chips. We had some of those. Uh, I had like half a loaf of of rosemary wheat bread. I hardly ever eat bread uh, compared to the average person. So we had some bread, um, and then I had made some chili. So we had we had chili, ranch dressing, guacamole, pig. I had all these big dishes and. Uh, didn't even get to the hope had bought me a thing of cashew cheese. I didn't even get to the cashew cheese until earlier today. Um, so we had this big meal and I, it was like an hour before the game and I was sitting down and we put the food down and we were going to watch something else like a funny show or something until the game started. We hardly ever watch TV, but Hope said, no, let's just watch like the pre-stuff. And I said, are you sure you can handle this? I, I, I honestly can't handle the commentary. I can't listen to these guys talk for more than a couple of minutes without, without having to mute it, you know? Or just I have to walk in the other room. I can't listen to this drab, moronic commentary. But we watch it, okay? We start watching it. And obviously you knew that there was going to be all this stuff about equality and all that. And uh, we watched the introduction and some of the opening commercials and all of this. And and Hope said, you know, this is a lot of just glorification of football. And I said, yeah, it's you know, it's a gladiator sport. It's glorification. But one of the things that got me, and it might seem as if I'm long-winded, but I'm stretching this out because I want to get every detail into the analysis tonight. And that is, the, the NFL pushed hard for what they perceived. And what they wanted you to perceive as caring about social justice, which for some people means one thing. And for other people, it means some other thing. But to the NFL, social justice meant giving black people more opportunities. Now, I thought that that was strange. And, you know, God bless Hope, because she just sat there (laughs) through a couple of a couple of like Tourette syndromes. And I just I said, what are these people talking about? The National Football League is 70 percent black. 70% black. What opportunities have those black kids and adults not been afforded? When you have tens of millions of dollars and you play football for a living, what rights and what, you know, in what world is receiving you know, a $50 million contract to play football once a week and to practice and all that, of course? In what world is that unjust? Nobody is preventing you from playing football. Nobody is saying, "Hey, get off the field, black boy." Seventy percent of the NFL is black. And then there was the opening commercial about social justice and fighting systematic racism, where the NFL is donating like millions and millions of dollars to fight racism. How does that fight racism? Where they never said where the money's going to go. They just said it's going to go to fight systematic or systemic racism. I mean, that alone is suspicious considering like there there might be like charities or organizations they're donating to. But why not say, you know, the NFL sponsors this and they just show you the charities. I mean, I'm not saying it is. There's no evidence of this that I've seen. But this is how you can like as the NFL, you could say, well, we're we don't want to say we're supporting Black Lives Matter, but we're donating millions of dollars to fight systemic racism or systematic racism. And then you give the money to Black Lives Matter. So I noticed all that and then you had the the that's the the racial justice thing and then you've got the female ref Sarah Thomas and and then there's like just it's all about gender equality suddenly and I and I was thinking because they said that this this woman Sarah Thomas and good for her she wanted to referee in the Super Bowl there was no law that said women can't referee in the Super Bowl they just it's it's not common and that's the first time that a woman has refereed the super bowl so great good for her that doesn't mean that you know your life as a woman gets better and and the commentators were like this is a great day for women what do you mean a great day for how many little girls are, are growing up and instead of wanting a pony or a toy set you know a, a, like a like a a toy house or something i guess that you can't do that anymore because that's also that's gender identification why would a girl want a dollhouse then, you know, you you have a little girl who's like, I want to referee the Super Bowl, mom. You know, if you work real hard, honey. You can be just like Sarah Thomas. It's just so disgusting. Uh, like a couple of years ago, they had that astronaut commercial. They're like, look, women, they're going to be astronauts. It's like there are already a bunch of women astronauts. And the reason there aren't a lot of women astronauts is because not a lot of women sign up to get into that program. There aren't a lot of women refs because not a lot of women get into refereeing professional football. So there aren't a lot of women. And if you want to go recruit women, fine, recruit women. But don't use one woman as a sample or you know a black person as a sample when your sport is almost three-quarters black, when white people are the minority in the sport. Right? And so they called Tom Brady racist, for winning the Super Bowl during Black History Month, a bunch of morons on Twitter, he's racist. No, he's good. He's a good football player. That's why he won, that's why they won- that's why the Buccaneers won the game, right? Because they were better than the other team. We're not giving Patrick Mahomes a trophy because he showed up and because he's half black. You know, that isn't isn't that the definition of racism, folks? Giving somebody something because of the color of their skin or not? giving them something because of the color of their skin. So I, anyway, the point is, I saw all of that, and it's very important to the theme of transhumanism because what is happening with the racial and the gender and the cultural divide is a simplification of complex issues so that we see things in literal black and white. And when that happens, it makes it very difficult for us to discern where true injustice and true inequality really are if they do exist. Now, true injustice and true inequality can be cultivated. And sure, we're worried about women referees and predominantly black sport that says there aren't enough opportunities for black people in sports and other things when black people make up 14% of the population. So, of course, black people aren't going to be dominant in every field because they're only 14% of the population. You know, you go to go to Kenya, white people aren't going to make up a mo- majority of the population because it's predominantly black. You know, it's, it's, it's preposterous. What this is is using racism as a weapon, using gender and sex as weapons. And so their theme of gender equality was identical to the United Nations goal, Goals for Sustainable Development. It's identical to the World Economic Forum. Now, if you know about the 17 Goals for Sustainable Development or the World Economic Forum, and you look at it, what you see is an attempt to reshape the world and to redesign the human being, to demean all cultures, all genders, all nationalities, all religions, all sexes, etc., etc., cetera. Et cetera, et cetera to demean them, to lower them, so that humans are trash, humans are gross, humans are disgusting, wear the mask, social distance, etc., and then you can replace them with something better. Because God made a mistake when he made man, and so we have to replace man in order to progress forward into the future. And we can see that through the oracle of the Super Bowl. What you saw was as the game began, you saw a Vince Lombardi... Hologram, which I thought was very interesting. They used the the, the hologram there. Uh, there were 22,000 tickets to the game, roughly, and then all those weird cardboard cutouts. 7,500 of those tickets were given to vaccinated healthcare workers. You had Joe Biden with his wife, who did most of the speaking, because he doesn't know what planet he's on, give a brief... I think it was a one-minute video announcement to the American public about COVID and frontline workers. And Biden says it's Super Bowl Sunday. And, you know, he says we all can do our part to save lives, wear masks, stay socially distanced, get tested. You know, when he said get, Hope pointed out when he said get tested, she said it looks like just those teeth, that grin. And it's like, yeah, he's the grinning man. He's the hat man uh, personified. He said, get vaccinated when it's your turn. And then I called this. I was telling Hope on the ride home, I said, they're going to have a moment of silence for all the dead people that didn't die from COVID. They died of heart attacks and things like that. And lo and behold, they had a moment of silence. Now, that was that's that's the foundation for what we need to understand to go further into this. And perhaps... The most important thing, the most important theme was the NFL's Super Bowl 55 slogan. It takes all of us. Now, that seems like it's a reference to let's, you know, let's get, get back to normal or whatever normal is and let's make the world better again. Or I don't know, you know, whatever the propaganda is. So I saw that. And I immediately thought that it was separate from takes all of us. And just hear me out. This is what I feel. When I heard that and I listened to some of the commercials and I made the montage tonight, which will play at the top of the hour and will play uh, at the second break. We'll have another break in the second hour. I heard something that sounded very, very alien from the Jeep commercial to the Vince Lombardi preview commercial introduction to the halftime show, you had references to being alone. Being alone, alone, alone. And that's all supposed to mean it's the pandemic, right? Well, if you think about it for a second, it takes all of us. Okay, what takes all of all of us? It, okay, the pandemic and getting back to normal. Well, sure, on one level that makes a lot of sense. But if you combine it takes all of us with the theme of being alone, which essentially were the two main themes of the Super Bowl that I two of the main themes I picked out. It is not necessarily the pandemic or getting back to some perception of normality. It It's kind of like artificial intelligence. It takes us all. It will take all of us, like the aliens in the Twilight Zone, to their utopian planet where they will eat us because it's a cookbook. But it is also IT. It's information technology. Information technology takes all of us. It allows the creation of avatars and digital replicas, like Samsung said in their white paper, about 6G. The notion that we're all alone from the opening to the halftime show to the very end of the Super Bowl. Did you notice that? The opening with Vince Lombardi about being alone. Then the middle of the Super Bowl, the halftime show, the subliminal messages, alone. We'll get into the halftime show in the second hour tonight. And then at the end, the Jeep commercial about, again, you're alone and let's come together. Sounds great, but I heard something different. I heard something that almost sounded like, You're alone, you're disconnected, you're looking for meaning, which was the theme of the Marines commercial that played like five or six times. You're looking for meaning, and and there is meaning. The Marines said there's meaning in the military, but there's meaning in information technology. There's meaning in the human plus or the human 2.0. There's meaning in all that, as much as there is meaning in the symbols and the archetypes give you an example. Microsoft sponsored hand sanitizers or what looked like hand sanitizer, hand sanitizing stations behind, uh, at least the Buccaneer bench, Tampa Bay Buccaneers bench. Uh, and by the way, for those of you who don't know, I'm from Tampa. I was a little bit homesick, uh, watching that game. Although I don't like football, I was just wishing I was in Tampa. It looked very nice, nice evening in Tampa Bay. Uh, but I'm watching the game. And I just kind of pick up these little things and I saw this Microsoft Surface advertisement on a hand sanitizing station. And I thought Microsoft, Bill Gates, Eugenicist, and what does hand sanitizer do? It sanitizes or it sterilizes. The Microsoft Surface sterilizer, Microsoft the sterilizer. While sterilization and the replacement of humans with machines and with hybrids and chimeras and things like this, androids, human-machine interfaces, connections, things like that, The elimination of people's ability to breathe through the masks where, you know, contrast when you watch football players like spit on the sidelines and now they're all wearing masks and at least in the camera shots with the exception of Tom Brady. And people were really mad at Tom Brady. How dare you, Tom Brady, not wear a mask? It's like, dude, this guy's got seven Super Bowl rings. This guy is one of the healthiest people to probably ever play professional sports. Look at his diet. This guy ain't getting sick anytime soon. He ain't getting injured anytime soon. He's fine. He don't need to wear no mask, okay? So, you contrast the spitting normally to now wearing masks and how players used to go to the sidelines and get oxygen from an oxygen tank and now they come and they put on a mask. And I wonder how much of that was really theater, you know, when when they knew like Roger Goodell, my friend Jack said this to me. Roger Goodell would be on TV, so they're like, "All right, Roger, you got to put that mask on." And he puts the mask on. They show him, and then it cuts away, and he takes his mask off. Like I imagine that you know that probably was kind of how it went. But on the theme of technology and you know reducing uh, the human element to that of of a mite to be crushed and replacing those things that are human and organic and life-giving with what is essentially and what amounts to evil, uh, reducing people's ability to breathe through oxygen. This is the year of the ox or the metal ox, of course, the, to be slaughtered to the gods uh, from the year of the rat, the lab rat. We were all lab rats last year and it remains so this year. And now we will be slaughtered by the system that we built, by the system that we, we constructed. And uh, the slaughtering is a metaphor that the human one will be eliminated and there will be a human 2.0. And that's why there, there can't be human one, like organic human beings, there can't be organic humans that are more than human. There can't be great writers and poets and artists and athletes because that shows the spark of God and creativity, imagination, etc. And I really think that's part of the reason that when someone is really talented, like Tom Brady, although most people that you know watch Tampa Bay Buccaneers football now or the New England Patriots, they liked Tom Brady. And I, I watch. That's the only time I watch football is the Super Bowl, or I'd watch like you know a highlight of Tom Brady or something, or listen to what he says. But the guy's really good, and they you you make money off of him, sure, but you can't have too much of that. So, they kind of created this, this idea this year. Tom Brady was superhuman. People have thought, I mean, he is. He basically plays on a level that is above the average human. He's superhuman because of his work ethic. But that is the problem work ethic, dedication. See, that's not good when you want to replace human potential with the finiteness of machines and AI and algorithms and all that. But they called Tom Brady superhuman. Patrick Mahomes, they said he was like Superman. So you got these quarterbacks that are that are deified. And I noticed in the Winter Soldier Captain America commercial with Falcon the line about how superheroes shouldn't exist. So we can't have superhumans that are human, but we can have superhumans uber men. We can have supermen that are connected to machines and computers, right? And these devices are AI systems, our digital connections, our digital world. Although they claim as in the Marine Commercial where they say always connected but somehow alone trapped by illusion, join the Marines. Yeah, join the Marines where join the military and ju- just join the military. They'll break you out of the illusion of technology by using autonomous drones to slaughter innocents and by using uh, smart bombs that don't work that miss their target 80 percent of the time, uh, join the military. They'll disconnect you from technology and put you right into the fight, which is very ironic. The military would use that analogy, which is, I mean, it's also kind of telling because they don't want you to think like, Oh, military is basically moving towards, uh, you know, cyber warfare and, uh, Android, uh, like uh, adaptations for humans. Uh, But it's not just the human replaced on the battlefield with the IOT and the digital sub-reality. It's also your love life. And that was a theme in uh, at least uh, two different commercials. Uh, The one was the Alexa commercial with Michael B. Jordan again where the woman just ignores her husband or boyfriend because she's got an Alexa who's a hot guy which is really demeaning towards men. I I was sitting there with Hope, and I said, isn't this kind of like sexist to men? This woman is ogling this guy, first of all, and then she's like taking his shirt off and spraying him with water and then taking a bath with him. Could you imagine a commercial where a guy said, you know, I can't imagine a more beautiful body for Alexa to be in, but... And then they see some supermodel walk by... And then they spray her with water and take her shirt off, you know, and then take a bath with her on TV. Oh, there would be a congressional inquiry. Where have the morals of this country gone? The sexism and the it's out of control. But no, if it's a hot black guy, the hot black girl, you know, that's okay because we don't use black people as property anymore. We just use them for entertainment. Uh, If I go any further, I'll say that, you know. 50 plus percent of the NFL is owned by Jews who aren't actually white. So you want to talk about white supremacy. It's not white supremacy. It's actually anti-Gentilism. However, moving beyond that point, you notice this same theme in the T-Mobile commercial about how T-Mobile can help you stay connected and phones and apps can help you date as part of this great 5G system, right? The the digital sub-reality connected to the hive in the cloud. And they brought this up time and time again throughout the game because the stadium was, and I, I looked it. It just seemed like the whole thing looked like a video game. I mentioned that to hope a few times. Um, and then also to give her credit, she pointed out in the T-Mobile commercial about how, you know, the phones and stuff disconnect us. And, but they propose that they can make our love life better. And that's very similar to the Alexa commercial from Amazon. Uh, But the the, the stadium, just everything kind of looked, it was too high definition. You don't need that much high definition. Um, And they kept saying that it was like a, they said it was a 5G super stadium. You know, when I was at Raymond James as a kid, I saw the Atlanta Falcons play when I was a really young kid. I've been to Raymond James. I saw, I think I saw Billy Graham when I was a kid. Um, I've been to Raymond James for a lot of stuff. I grew up in Tampa, St. Pete. So I, I, and I lived there again after childhood. So I've I've been there. I've been everywhere there, and it uh, was never a super stadium when I was there. Uh, the pirate ship was pretty cool. But never a super stadium, but they've just you know they've taken what was just a football stadium. A pretty Tampa Bay a pretty cool has a pretty cool stadium, Raymond James, and uh, pretty simple. But they got the big pirate ship, so that's kind of cool. But then they, they they integrate all the sensors and the computers and the and the cameras and the high def into it, and they just they override what was essentially, just leave it as it is. okay? It works the way it is. We don't need to upgrade to all this crap, which eventually takes us to the point of it being unreal. But they'll tell us it's more real. It's more real. And that theme was present in a number of different commercials. One of them that came to my mind is the Dexcom commercial. Uh, I had no clue who the person was. I guess they have diabetes, but uh, it was pointed out to me that it was Jonas something. I I don't have any clue, Uh, but whoever it was, the Dexcom commercial, he said, we have the technology to do this. He snaps his fingers and he goes from young to old. Drones deliver packages. We've got self-driving cars, robots that vacuum and, we've went to Mars and, you know, there's other things in between. And the idea is that we've got self driving cars and drones, deliver packages and technology to turn me right now into an old man, just using visuals. And yet we still have diabetics pricking their finger with, you know, a needle uh, or using, you know, test strips or whatever, whatever it was. I was, I was hung up on the technological part of it. So that commercial though, proposed that we can, also, use technology to enhance our ability to to understand and to monitor and can, to control things that are, you know, bodily ailments, diseases, medical technology, and that is beneficial. That's great, you know. And even in the there was a Budweiser commercial; one of the guys had like a robotic arm. So it's a common theme that you see over and over again that replacing the organic world with synthetics can make things better. I mean, it can make things comical. In Budweiser, it can make things comical slash pose these faux existential questions in Dexcom like we have self-driving cars, but diabetics aren't using this app. I mean, come on. Right. And you see. What I refer to as. The alluding to the technological elixir which is the name of my one of my three books. I'm about done with the second edition, and uh, I will begin shipping those out to those of you who have ordered them. You can do that at thesecretteachings.info. And that basically is the idea, and Clyde and I talked about it earlier on Ground Zero tonight. You can find him at aftermath.media. Uh, aftermath.media for that show, if you want to hear Clyde and I, uh, or Kev Baker, Truth Frequency Radio, if you want to hear the Kev Baker show we did this evening, Truth Frequency Radio, TFR Live, that technology is our elixir of life. Technology can save us from ourselves. It can save us from destruction. It can save us from the coming catastrophes that are created as a result of the unregulated growth of information technology of IT of IT and if we do not regulate the growth of IT then it takes all of us it will overcome and override everything dormitory computers office computers there's no system core it cannot be shut down it's information technology in cyberspace and there's nothing that you can do about it. Towards the end of the game, Amazon had their logo flashed on the screen. And there was an announcement through the TV, it was an ad, that the game was sponsored by Amazon. And they said, the perfect body for Alexa. Now, I've been saying for years, and I talked about it in the Technological Elixir book, which is on the website for sale, PDF or softcover autographed, uh, always free shipping in the United States. It's part of the price of the book. That the system of the Internet of Things and the satellites and the towers and the creation of this, this, this sub-reality, right? Uh, a post-human world. A lot of names you could apply to this is the artificial body for which the artificial intelligence and the artificial consciousness will be placed into. We've talked with uh, Harold Kautz from Germany about this as well, and he's referenced in my book. I talked to him before I finished the book a couple of years ago, and he talked about this artificial consciousness in this artificial construct. The nanotechnology in, in everything, uh, neural dust, smart dust, call it what you will, And that is the creation of this artificial uh, uh, shell and then the implantation of the artificial consciousness and intelligence. And they say Amazon, which is, I think, more than metaphoric, is this giant, enormous, big, lumbering global company that has access to so much information, so much power, so much wealth. It is the body for Alexa. It is the body for AI, the Internet of Things. And that's a separate comment, but an identical comment that we find in the Michael B. Jordan Alexa commercial where he has blue eyes. He's kind of android-like superhuman answering all these questions as the Alexa. And the video starts out, the commercial starts out by a woman saying, "Isn't, isn't it just flawless It's just flawless, isn't it? Looking at a black sphere. Which the black sphere, of course, is the crystallomancy, the scrying, the obsidian, the magic mirror. And these people standing around the black sphere say, we think so. And the woman says, I mean, I literally couldn't imagine a more beautiful vessel for Alexa to be inside. They're creating the artificial world. They're creating the hive. They're creating the Internet of Things. They're creating the digital subreality. They're creating the transhumanistic metropolis, which is what you saw through a process of transmogrification during the halftime show of the Super Bowl this year with The weekend. You saw the Angel of Death, at least we could refer to that character that came down from the heavens as the Angel of Death. We saw the Black Cube present at the very beginning of the halftime show. The Angel of Death, Azrael, has one foot, if you look in the Encyclopedia Britannica, has one foot, it says, on the razor-sharp bridge between paradise and hell, and where you see this angel in the halftime show at the beginning come down, it's the bridge between where the weekend comes out of Vegas, paradise, and goes into the city, which is hell. And then the city, filled with robots, androids with red eyes lit up like Howl and the Terminator, turns into tombstones and in a rising moon, and storm clouds gather and you see all this subliminal imagery throughout the halftime performance from the stage to inside underneath of the stage and everything that you see everything that's that's present is placed there sure for a reason even if it's accidental or by happenstance but it has meaning with 99 plus million people watching this game 99 plus million And all the energy going into the giant Super Bowl and the ritual that's carried out, it feeds the sigil. And if the sigil is this post-human world, the human 2.0, the human plus, then the game provides us with an oracle for what is coming. I'm Ryan Gable and this is The Secret Teachings, our special Super Bowl analysis. You can find The Secret Teachings at www.thesecretteachings.info, facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings and rdgable at yahoo.com where you can email us or you can use that email to donate to the show to get a subscription to the Archive. I just give that out so you don't necessarily have to go to the website, but the donation subscription page is there. $40 gets you a one-year subscription, access to the montages as well, all my books digitally on the website, and a free copy of one of my books autographed with free shipping in the U.S. Your support helps the network, it helps the Fringe FM, it helps the Secret Teachings, and myself, Ryan Gable, and it helps, hopefully, you, if you'd like to help Keep the show on air and support what we do here. In the second hour, we'll talk about the halftime show and more. And don't forget, check out the Kev Baker show from earlier and Ground Zero from earlier. Kev Baker show on TFR and Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, Aftermath.media. This is the Fringe FM. There's more after this. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, somewhere between the normal and paranormal. A collection of question marks, no reason, no explanation, just a prolonged nightmare. Right here on The Fringe FM.
3: Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books
1: Hey, Fringe listeners, Dave Cruz here, reminding you that Beyond the Strange airs live Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on The Fringe FM, BTS is your one-stop shop for the paranormal, the bizarre, and most of all, the strange. Join me and co-host Black Sky Paranormals, Russ Bailey, as we discuss topics such as aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, and much more. Also, we talk with profound guests, authors, researchers from all over the world, and we take your calls live on the air. Go to beyondthestrange.com and learn more about the show, guests, times, and free registration for our newsletter, merch, and much more. Again, that's Beyond the Strange, Monday evenings, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And as always, stay strange. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting,
0: The Fringe
1: FM.
2: Hey there, it's Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. As we move from the month of Janus into the month of Imbolc, traditionally a time of ritual cleansing, The Secret Teachings is offering a special deal to help you clear the cobwebs out of your mind. With a one-year subscription to the show, access to all of the montages, all of my digital books, and a free copy of one of my books in physical form with free shipping in the United States and autographed if you'd like. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. Your support keeps us on air and helps to support The Fringe FM as a network. It also hopefully helps you to expand your consciousness and perceptions of the world through The Secret Teachings. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. That's thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com Yo, there. It's Gigi from Shift Happens. Just stopping by to tell you to stop it. Stop that. Stop that thing that you're doing. And redirect all of your attention right directly back here to The Fringe FM.
0: You're welcome. This is Jess Rogie, host of The Rogie Report, and you're listening to The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting.
2: You're listening to The Fringe FM, where the Wheel of the Year turns from Yule to Letha, Ostara to Maybon. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
0: Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination, where happiness is an illusion, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. National Football League welcomes you to the Pepsi Super Bowl 55 halftime show. Super Bowl Sunday. Let's meet the Chiefs. Let's meet the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's finish strong.
1: Come on, man. Super Bowl Sunday.
0: Superheroes cannot be allowed to exist.
1: Supergirls for Tom Brady. Tom Brady was not your average human being. If you make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal, then you become something else entirely. It's just flawless, isn't it? I mean, I literally couldn't imagine a more beautiful vessel for Alexa to be inside. We have the technology to do this. Drones deliver packages. We've got self-driving cars, robots that vacuum.
0: We visited Mars. Well, that's about to change. Searching for meaning in a relentless world. Always connected, but somehow...
1: We offer another path. We have the technology to do this. Slow. Heavy. And nothing from hell to sky has turned us back. We did not get here alone. We arrived as one. As one. We have the technology to do this. Wear masks. Stay socially distanced. Get tested. Get vaccinated when it's your turn. And most of all, let's remember all those who we've lost. So please join us, Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the National Football League. We've got a moment of silence for the more than 440,000 Americans who lost their lives in this pandemic.
0: I pray we dedicate ourselves to be the best team we can be, working and living together. The middle has been a hard place to get to lately between red and blue, between servant and citizen. The National Football League thanks you for watching the Pepsi Super Bowl 55 halftime show.
1: The game. Stay socially distanced. Get tested. Get vaccinated when it's your turn. Wear masks. Super Bowl Sunday. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I literally couldn't imagine a more beautiful vessel for Alexa to be inside.
2: I'm Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Our annual Super Bowl show tonight, Super Bowl 55 on CBS You see the BS of what amounts to a number of advertising campaigns, propaganda campaigns, subliminal advertising and messaging, and so much more. Subliminals were a big part of the Super Bowl this year in the Wayne's World commercial for food, in the halftime performance, and in the general video of the game where big companies said that they were not going to advertise in commercials because they were donating money to COVID-19 vaccines. And yet, when the weekend began, the performance in the vehicle in the Las Vegas stage, there was a Coca-Cola sign and a Pepsi sign. Of course, Pepsi sponsored the halftime show, so that's no big surprise. But Subliminals were big there, and they were big in the halftime performance itself with the messages that were inside of the staged city where the weekend walked out of the performer. For those of you who don't know, I don't mo- know much about the guy, but there was a big city. I'm going to uh, break this down for you in this, this segment in the next segment, the final segment tonight. And that is the, these messages that were on stage and then inside of the stage in what amounted to like a room of mirrors or, something like that, uh, like a Vegas uh, strip-like form of imagery. You saw other images that got a little more blurry and became even more subliminal. And I'm going to tell you about that as well. Subliminal messaging was a big part of the Super Bowl, as it always is with advertising. And, of course, advertising is not necessarily something that sells you a product like beer or a car or some kind of, you know, soap for Dr. Squatch soap, advertising, and it doesn't have to be good or bad, it can be the selling of an idea. What amounts to propaganda, psychological manipulation, psychological warfare, neuro linguistic programming? I mean, we could list dozens and dozens and dozens of different names or definitions for what it is. In essence, it's what a Super Bowl or a TV show really is. It's a program. It's programming you. It's programming the audience. And it's doing so through the images that are subconscious. Now, in the first hour tonight, I talked to you about the tool that we use. The tool is the symbol. The tool is the archetype. The energy is the 99 million people this year in 2021 who tuned into Super Bowl 55 and the power of that energy that pours into the Super Bowl, the cauldron or the cup, and the ritual that is performed at halftime during the commercials and then the game itself, combines to take that energy and to pour it from the bowl into the, the symbols and the sigils. And this essentially invokes the spirits that we need to invoke in order to determine through divination what future events may transpire. And that's why the Super Bowl is an oracle for the coming year, what is being sold to us and how it's being sold to us. We'll focus strictly on this year, although there are relationships to previous years, but the Super Bowl theme this year was, it takes all of us. And that has a meaning that relates to our perceived physical five-sense reality, our five-sense world, pandemics and a new normal, It takes all of us to come together to fight this thing, right? That's what it sounds like. That's what the holographic Vince Lombardi told us. Looked like a holographic Vince Lombardi. But it is also something else. It takes us. It is the clown. The pale-faced demon, the Antichrist, takes us. It is also information technology. Information technology takes all of us. And you'll notice... At the beginning of the game with Vince Lombardi, in the middle of the game at the halftime show with the signs that said alone, because Lombardi also said alone, and then towards the end of the game, you had the same imagery. You have this constant theme of you're alone. Turn your mind was one of the subliminal messages inside of the stage at the halftime show. Turn your mind. You're alone. We're all alone. Information technology is now going to take you. Now, Information technology is all the data that is accumulated on everything you do, even things you think, but don't send them in an email or a text message. Earlier tonight, I was on the Kev Baker show. Kev Baker and I were talking, just like Clyde and I were talking a little bit ago on Ground Zero, about... Artificial intelligence or artificial general intelligence, but artificial intelligence as part of um, a feedback system, a feedback loop, like a self-organizing collective intelligence that we tell it what we want to hear. It tells us what we want to hear. It creates this feedback loop in this cycle. And Kev was saying that as artificial intelligence grows, and he had interviewed Jordy Rose, inventor of the D-Wave computer, the quantum computer, with the microchip that looks like the inverted tower of Babel where he said we can go into other dimensions and take resources from those dimensions and things like this. And Kev Baker was saying that Geordie Rose made mention of the fact that they don't really have the full uh, ability to incorporate the technology that is mechanical with the intelligence, which is partly mechanical, but it's also highly artificial in terms of its consciousness um, and and kind of theoretical, even uh, spiritual in a sense. Uh, and they're only a certain percentage of the way there, at least in what Geordie Rose has been doing. But Kev-, Kev and I were talking about how it's the energy that we put into that system to allow it to grow through machine learning. And as the AI grows older and it begins to develop, that it begins to then, through that feedback loop, send information to us. And a thought crossed my mind, is the information being sent back to us, the sentientness and the consciousness of this intelligence, is it something we've built? Is it something that comes from somewhere else, otherworldly, other dimensions? Or is it a combination of both of those things? Is it kind of like sending the blueprints for the mysterious machine in contact to certain people to build something in a compartmentalized human program that once the thing is constructed, well, it takes all of us, and there's nothing that we can really do about it. It's going to consume all of us. And so we were told throughout the Super Bowl that we're alone. Uh, The masks say that humans are dirty, that we shouldn't breathe. Players go from taking oxygen on the sideline to restricting oxygen on the sideline with the masks. And all the things we heard about being disconnected, but technology can help us, they were, they were selling you the technological elixir. They were selling you the title to my book, The Technological Elixir, The Elixir of Life. That comes through technology. That's what they were giving you. That's what they were selling you. This is the idea they were selling you subconsciously, and that's how the symbols that they use communicate to the subconscious to sell you on this idea to override the conscious mind, to override logic and to reason, and likewise to override God in the natural sense of the intuition that pours down into the cup, like the energy pours down into the super bowl or the super cauldron. So all the things we're being told are the results, the disconnection, the, 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 the indecency, the depravity, these are results of life in an artificial construct. But we're being told, no, that's real life. You need to plug into this system in order to save yourself and to save humanity. In other words, it's basically Skynet running the virus through all the global computers. And then when Skynet is activated, when humans give Skynet permission to take control of the grid, It wasn't Skynet that saved the computers and the grid. It was Skynet that was running the virus and then Skynet was the virus. The AI is the virus. The artificial intelligence is the virus. The technology is the virus. And it is an omen for the future of humanity in this Oracle in a bleak, dystopian, metropolis-like setting where there is there's nothing left. The cities are destroyed and gone. Yes, metaphoric. And the humans that remain are drones and slaves, and they are what amount to clones, like from Star Wars, faceless soldiers that were marching on the field at the halftime show. With their red suits and their bandaged heads. The faceless drones. The copies. And the virtual reality. And in the, in the sub-reality. And that organic life is replaced. And that all things die. And that there's no. There's no point or meaning to this life. But there is a point and a meaning to the artificial augmented virtual world. That is being created to upload digital consciousness and to extinguish real consciousness to have total and absolute control of the immortal soul in a mortal existence to create essentially what amounts to infinite but still finite hell on earth and don't be fooled that this is a system that's coming about coming about it's here you're in it you're participating in it the only way To get out of it while you still can is to disconnect as much as you can from that system. It's not connecting you to others. It's not the elixir of life. It is the technological poisoned apple, not the technological elixir. It's not going to give you wisdom or knowledge. It's going to do the very opposite. Now, all of this is significant because if you watch the halftime show, I'll take you through the images that I pulled, about 17 or 18 of them. The video starts out, the presentation starts out with some subliminal messages from Coca-Cola and Pepsi. And it shows you the setting of Las Vegas that says welcome and a car with the weekend in the car. And then the weekend gets out of the car and the stage is set with buildings, what looks like uh, Las Vegas And there's a Black Cube on stage. Now, we know the Black Cube, MIT Technology Review, uses it to represent AI. Lady Gaga has used it in her music. The Black Cube and Black Goo are used all throughout the entertainment industry. I use the Black Cube and the Black Goo on the front of my book, The Technological Elixir, where a lot of this stuff can be learned and and studied if you want to grab a copy of the book. I've got the second edition coming out. In a very, very short amount of time, we're doing pre-orders for it at www.thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. So you see the weekend on the black cube. We know the importance and the significance of that. And then above the weekend is a figure that comes down with these Mothman eyes, red eyes, glowing red eyes. And what looks like a white robe, so kind of angelic, but very dark. So angelic, but dark, a dark angel, kind of like an angel of death. We were talking about this on Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. You can uh, find that show on aftermath.media, and you can also find Kev Baker's show by searching for him on social media and the internet Kev Baker Show. You can find the show that we did earlier. I think he might post it to YouTube as well. So the angel of death is Azrael, Azrael, right? The angel of death who separates souls from bodies, which is exactly what the artificial systems are doing. And if you look in the Encyclopedia Britannica, Azrael has one foot on the edge, on the bridge between paradise and hell. Now, in the video, Azrael lowers down from the heavens through the Vegas skyline and over the black cube into the city. Vegas is paradise, and the city is hell, or at least what becomes of the city becomes hell. There's a giant choir of people that play instruments and sing throughout the performance in different guises, but the giant crowd in the city, the giant chorus in the city, are comprised of people who have white robes and they have what look like robotic faces with glowing red Mothman eyes. It looks like something from a John Carpenter film. It looks like something like Metropolis. And then the stage opens, the city opens, and the weekend comes through. Now, he begins performing. He has a little pentagram star on the ground where he's supposed to stand on stage. And he starts performing, and you look in the background, and you start to see these images of words appear in the city, which is transitioning the city into tombstones, into a grave. You see words like touch. You see words like alone. You see words like long. Words like enough. These are visual subliminals, I would call them, that in the sense you can see them, and you don't really recognize they're subliminal, but they're there and they're still communicating like any other symbol, letters or symbols, words are comprised of letters, which are symbols, like numbers. And they communicate and they have the same effect. And once again, you see the word alone. You're alone. Alone. Technology can save you. You otherwise are alone, and you need technology to save you. You need the technological elixir. So proceeding from this point, The weekend goes into the stage, which was a city that turned into a graveyard, basically hell, and underneath of it is paradise. It is this city, Vegas-like street, but it's just like a room of mirrors, but it has this Vegas-like street feel to it with all these lights. And there are subliminals on the walls of this room or house of mirrors, which we know like are portals to other worlds or something to that effect, right? And these words say, feel nothing, gone, alone. They say alone again. And in one part, you can see it says, turn your mind, turn your mind. This is all subliminal inside of the stage in this golden, Vegas like, lit up room. After this, he exits the room and goes on top of the stage where he performs a song next to a building with an eight pointed star. And behind him, as the fireworks go up, you see the giant black screen of the Jumbotron. And then the moon begins to rise. And the city turns into a graveyard. And the ritual proceeds from there to become even darker till it culminates in what looks like and what amounts to a pitch black stadium with giant red eyes glowing all over the stadium. And to me, what is reminiscent of The Terminator or HAL 9000, Artificial Intelligence... An artificial consciousness in the body. Just like the Alexa commercial, I couldn't think of a better vessel for Alexa to inhabit, a better body for Alexa to inhabit than Amazon. We'll break it all down when we come back. Stay with us right here on The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Don't go anywhere. You could listen to this.
1: And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... (laughs)
2: I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM and join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like
1: you. I'm the last of a dying breed of generalist.
2: That's the thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM.
0: If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, that's where you can read reviews see pictures and even order yours today it not only supports the secret teachings and fringe fm
2: but most importantly it supports you hey there it's ryan gable host of the secret teachings right here on the fringe fm monday through friday as we move from the month of janus into the month of imbolk traditionally a time of ritual cleansing the secret teachings is offering a special deal to help you clear the cobwebs out of your mind with a one-year subscription to the show access to all of the montages all of my digital books and a free copy of one of my books in physical form with free shipping in the united states and autographed if you'd like Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. Your support keeps us on air and helps to support The Fringe FM as a network. It also hopefully helps you to expand your consciousness and perceptions of the world through The Secret Teachings. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today by donating $40 through PayPal. That's thesecretteachings.info and rdgable at yahoo.com.
3: They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy.
2: You're listening to The Fringe FM, where the Wheel of the Year turns from Yule to Letha, Ostara to Mabon. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting,
3: If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash the secret teachings.
1: Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and
2: you're listening to The Secret Teachings.
3: National Football League welcomes
0: you to the Pepsi Super Bowl 55 halftime show. Chiefs. Let's meet the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's finish strong.
1: Come on, man. Super Bowl Sunday.
0: Superheroes cannot be allowed to exist.
1: Super Bowls for Tom Brady. Tom Brady was not your average human being. If you make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal something else It's just flawless, isn't it? I think so. I mean, I literally couldn't imagine a more beautiful vessel for Alexa to be inside. We have the technology to do this. Drones deliver packages. We've got self-driving cars, robots that vacuum. We visited Mars.
0: Well, that's about to change. Searching for meaning in a relentless world, always connected, but somehow...
1: We offer another path. We have the technology to do this. Low, heavy, and nothing from hell to sky has turned us back. We did not get here alone. We arrived as one, as one. We have the technology to do this. Wear masks. Stay socially distanced. Get tested. Get vaccinated when it's your turn. And most of all, let's remember all those who we've lost. So please join us, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the National Football League we've got a moment of silence for the more than 440,000 Americans who lost their lives in this pandemic.
0: I pray we dedicate ourselves to be the best team we can be working and living together. The middle has been a hard place to get to lately, between red and red. And blue between servant and citizen. The National Football League. Thanks you for watching the Pepsi Super Bowl Fifty Five halftime show. After the game,
1: stay socially distanced. Get tested. Get vaccinated when it's your turn. Wear masks. Super Bowl Sunday. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I literally couldn't imagine a more beautiful vessel for Alexa to be inside.
2: I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and information technology takes all of us. Well, it takes all of us. That was the theme of Super Bowl 55. It takes all of us. And it really took just a few of us to decode and to analyze the halftime show, the commercials, and the Super Bowl. It only takes a few of us to misinterpret what those interpretations and what that analysis means. And all that it is, is if I look outside and I see a tree, that tree is a phallic symbol, but it doesn't mean the tree was planted to act as a phallic symbol or that it grew to be a phallic symbol. It is a phallic symbol. The ground is a yonic symbol. Insertion the cross of the horizontal and vertical bar. This is the archetype. This is the symbol. These are the tools, the secret teachings that we use to decode and to decipher the world around us. Not that it necessarily needs decoding or deciphering like there's some secret message posted by a secret society or some reptilian overlord alliance group. I don't know what people are talking about on YouTube and Twitter anymore. But I do know that the Super Bowl acts as a vessel for the energy of those that watch it. And it's not like a normal game or a normal program. It's tens of millions of people pouring their energy into the bowl. And the rituals that are performed carry that energy to the sigils and the symbols that are powered. And they give us the ideas that we walk away from often not even recognizing that we've been programmed to accept these ideas subconsciously and subliminally. Subliminal messaging was a huge part of the halftime show with The Weeknd. It's also part of the commercials with the commercial with uh, Wayne's World. So the Super Bowl halftime show, as I pointed out in the last segment, it begins with Las Vegas and the Black Cube. Then an angelic being with glowing red Mothman eyes descends down past the Black Cube into the city. The Angel of Death known as Azrael, stands between paradise and hell on the bridge between the two. In the video, in the halftime performance, this angelic being comes down between the black cube in the city and Las Vegas. And so Vegas is kind of like this lit-up paradise, and the city is dark. It's kind of like hell. It's like Metropolis, or they live these Characters with faces that look like robots, Mothman esque, Terminator esque, HAL 9000 esque, the red lights illuminating with their white robes. And then the stage opens up and the weekend comes out. And you see all of these words throughout the chorus behind the weekend words like alone, words like touch, words like enough. And as he performs, the stage opens up. And he goes inside of the stage, and you see these lights that look like something from Broadway. And additional words that become harder to read. It becomes more unobvious what the words really are, as opposed to up top, where you could read them clearly inside of the stage. You see something that's more subliminal, very shaky, disorienting. You see words like feel and words like nothing. It says feel nothing, literally. It says gone, hours, hours gone. It looks like hours, gone. And then very clearly, turn your mind, turn your mind, feel nothing, alone. Those were the subliminals. And then the city, as the performance progresses, the city turns into a graveyard. And a big full moon rises above the stage with darkening gray clouds. A storm is coming, probably not the letter of the alphabet storm, though, but a storm is coming. And then the city turns red. And it looks like it could either be destroyed in flames, something from some apocalyptical scene in a movie, or it's red as in having been conquered and these red storm clouds start to gather over the city. I understand this is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' home field. I've been to Raymond James Stadium. I've seen the red clouds. It's part of like their introduction, like the Tampa Bay Lightning use electricity, which is really cool. They use the Tesla coils there. I never went to a lot of football games, but I I've, I've been to I've been to dozens and dozens of hockey games, so I get that it's just that's the stadium with the with the smoke. But it's ominous over this red city that looks like it's burning. That looks like it's on fire. And you see these guys in masks and bandages, which relate to, you know, the vanity of Hollywood and the celebrity. And there's a whole backstory to the week, the week. uh, What's his name? I can't remember his name. Weekend, the weekday, whatever his name is the weekend. It's not even music to me. So the weekend, he, there was something about this in the news before the event, but all these guys are marching. They're marching like soldiers in, you know, at a Nuremberg rally in Germany, or they're marching more like good communists in North Korea or China, which is interesting because the city turns red and all these guys are in red and the weekend comes down the middle of the goalposts and you have that imagery there, you have that context. But as it proceeds and they dance and whatnot, they have these little lights on their hands and they put their hands in the air, and they gather in a circle at the 50-yard line around the weekend. And this is once again looking like a magical circle in the center of the stage, in the middle of the bowl, where all the energy is moving down to, it's all being pulled down to. And you can kind of see these red lights throughout the stadium, on the field, and in the stands, not uh, people that are there or the silly cardboard cutouts, but the lights in the stadium that turn red and everything is very dark and it looks like this black background with these red glowing eyes, like the Mothman, like these androids, I call them androids at the halftime show. They look a little bit, I don't know, maybe it's my imagination, they look a little bit like HAL 9000 or the Terminator. I also notice if, you would like, uh, you know, a little Easter egg. If you look up in the Jumbotron at a couple of points, one of the, well, I guess these are like the, the, the tiny Jumbotrons. Um, the way they have the camera moved in on the faces of some of these dancers with their masks on, not like a, a surgical mask. Their faces are wrapped in, like, it look like looks like a, a mummy. Their faces are wrapped in, in surgery wrap. Uh, it kind of looks like the rake, but that's just... Um, Something that I I just glanced at and noticed right now. But the whole performance ends with the weekend putting his arms out. And he's smiling and having a good time. And there's fireworks. And you can see the red eyes of the stadium illuminating in the darkness. And all the people drop to the ground. So it's like they all died. And so once the city comes down. And once all the people drop dead. And there's a cemetery and a big full moon and fireworks. There's a celebration of the death, is how I interpreted it. A celebration of the death in front of the giant black mirror that is the Jumbotron with red glowing Terminator-like eyes and an ominous scene that truly makes me cringe and I've seen it before at other Super Bowls where I get this is Raymond James Stadium, I get there's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kansas City Chiefs, red, that's a big color but they've done this in other games other Super Bowls where there weren't You know, predominantly red colors for the other one, one team or the other. The last image, and this is, these are the images I'm looking at. You could watch the 15 minute performance or you could save yourself the hassle. You know, I'd recommend watching it. Double check what I'm saying, pick out your own stuff. This is kind of a fun thing to do, but it's also, I think, very important. Uh, If you want to see these images, I have a PDF file. I can, I can shoot you the file. Uh, with these particular images, and the, the stadium goes totally black except for some red lights and the Pepsi, you know, logos because Pepsi's concerned about COVID nineteen. They don't want to waste money advertising. Yeah, sure. There's like 500 Pepsi logos. I mean, this doesn't even look like the Bucks, Raymond James Stadium. It looks like the PepsiCo Stadium. <laughs> it's just, there's like Pepsi signs everywhere. It's ridiculous. But the stadium goes dark, and the the uh, the giant lights. Up above the crowd, they all illuminate red. So it looks like these red lights, like the flying robots in the Terminator, these red lights looking down on the audience. It's very ominous. Like, I look at it, and its I, I'm literally getting, like, cold chills. There's something just wrong. Like, this is supposed to be, well, depending on how you interpret it, it's supposed to be a fun time, you know, have a good time, enjoy the big game. You know, make some money, have some fun, drink some beer, eat some food, like forget about the troubles of the past. We'll have a moment of silence for that, but we'll forget about the troubles of the past. So it's like that's there. But you still have this ominous feel to it, you know, or other people that are saying that, you know, the CDC, we shouldn't have had celebrations for the Super Bowl. It's a super spreader bowl, super spreader event. The only thing that was spread out were these stupid cardboard cutouts that you paid $100 for. And the score was spread out pretty far because the Bucks just destroyed the, the Chiefs. I guess that's native genocide, is it not? Tom Brady's a racist for not kneeling and giving the game to a black guy, even though his team is filled with black guys. You know, it's ridiculous. I guess. Uh, I guess I, every everything is just a, is a, is a racial issue, I suppose. But n- nevertheless as the, as it concludes you see this this ominousness and if you're it's like one way or the other we're supposed to celebrate and have fun but they show us this dark imagery or we're supposed to not celebrate not have fun but kind of just accept the new normal which i guess is this darkness it's the, it's this 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 dark uh, misty cloudy storm ridden sky that is so ominous it almost looks like you know if there was a little electricity or something bring over those tesla coils from uh, Emily, uh arena on channel side drive in tampa bring those electrical apparatuses over at the super bowl and you you light one of those 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 suckers up i bet you're going to see the shadow monster over the stadium i mean that's what it looks like seriously i look it looks like if there'd be more light i would see a giant parasite over the stadium just sucking the life out of all the people that came to that game is what it looks like. And also sucking the energy out of the bowl. That's what it is. That's what it is. When I was watching it with Hope at the beginning of the game, she said, this is just so glorified. And I said, yeah, I mean, I used to watch this stuff, right? I used to watch ESPN, the reruns, basketball. Hockey, football. I, the only thing I'd watch now is hockey, but because of the cardboard fans and the fake sounds, I don't even watch that. And I said, "Yes, you're 100% right. It's extremely glorified, and uh, what what we're watching is just it's just a it's a big ritual. It's a and yes, it's a ceremony and a ritual in the sense that it's carried out similarly every year." But it's also a ritual and a ceremony in the sense it's not just carried out to do the game and have the funny commercials, which sucked this year and the last couple of years, and to have the so-called entertaining halftime performance, which sucked really bad this year. I thought I'd rather see Shakira and her, her hips that don't lie. Um, she should be put in charge of the COVID statistics. Her hips should be because they don't lie, right? It's a bad joke. But, you know, Shakira would have done a better job than than this weekend guy. But I guess, you know forget the the, the, the the Latin community we got to have a black guy there. it's all about black awareness because there's there's no black football players in the NFL that's all white guys. Oh I'm sorry they're 70% black in the NFL and they're millionaires but they don't have any opportunities and a white guy on a predominantly black team won the Super Bowl but you know he, he should have given it to the other guy who was half black on the other team. Yeah, that it makes a lot of sense. So we're supposed to argue about things like that and ignore the fact that the giant black mirror, at the game, said it takes all of us. It takes all of us. What's, the, what's it? Well, it is the clown. It's the white, pale-faced demon, the Joker. It's the Antichrist. It's the devil. It's death on a pale horse. It is information technology, IT. It takes all of us. The energy we put into creating those systems loops back around, and it begins to program us. Skynet is the virus. The systems that are being offered to us, like in the commercial for the Marines, always connected but somehow alone, trapped by illusion. Come join the Marines. We'll hook you up to a machine and have autonomous drones and stuff like that and robot soldiers. That's the virus. The pandemic is not COVID-19. The pandemic is unchecked proliferation of technology. The pandemic is the erroneous notion and the fallacious assertion that technology can save us from ourselves. That the same mindset, and in fact, and arguably a worse, more destructive attitude and mindset, a more cavalier and callous mindset, has constructed an artificial system to replace the natural system, which they claim is flawed. But yet a flawed system if it is flawed naturally, came from God who is perfect. So they say God is imperfect. God is flawed, but he created a perfect enough human that the human can override the natural flaws of God in nature and replace it with something better. And that is what's being sold to you to create the body of the artificial consciousness and the artificial intelligence to pull down and to pull in all the energy and all the information technology into the bowl into the chalice into the cup and to pour out those libations to this entity to this energy and to this force creating the body for the Alexa creating the system of a digital subreality A human 2.0, which is not a human at all. It's an android cyborg that will be made obsolete. A world in which we are made to feel that we will be living in a utopia when in fact we're being sold a cookbook as a book that will help us with our climate or our resources. It's a cookbook. Don't get on the ship. Please don't get on the ship. It's a cookbook. They intend to cook you and eat you, not take you to a utopia. They offer us the technological elixir when it's actually the technological apple. The poisoned apple. And they are offering it to us, telling us, like the serpent in the garden, you will have eternal life. You will be immortal. And with this eternal life and with that immortality... You will be like that imperfect God that messed up. So we had to fix God's mistake, replacing theology with mad science and professing to bring heaven to earth, the very thing that scattered the languages and condemned those who built the Tower of Babel to confusion and suffering. This is the system we're building, telling us that we will become superhuman while simultaneously being told that humans are bad and we cannot be human anymore. We need to be part machine, part genetically altered biological life form. It's about the Uberman. It's about the technological elixir and the techno-poisoned apple. It's about building the vessel for the AI and for the Artificial consciousness, it's about summoning the demon. And it's about pouring the energy from your soul into the super bowl and then pouring that bowl out to manifest in the magic circle at the 50-yard line. A power and a dystopian world likes of which has only been seen in segments and fragments in movies and TV shows. One in which may be arguable are only the results of the influence of an energy, of a force, of an intelligence that are already in the minds of every man, woman, and child and influencing some more so than others. An arguable alien invasion that happened a long time ago and we are at the precipice of the apex and the climax of the unveiling of whatever this intelligence is. But don't worry, it's here to serve man. In reality, it takes all of us. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and I appreciate so much you listening to The Secret Teachings, tuning in five nights a week right here on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to support the show, help to keep us on air, are D G A B L E R D Gable at yahoo.com, is the email you can use for PayPal. You can donate straight to us, but it would probably behoove you to donate to the show for the subscription. And we do that. Right now we have the special deal for the month of February. It's $40. It gets you access to the whole show archive that we just updated to Captivate, so it's a better system, better player for you in the archive. It'll stop some of the theft as well. Sorry about that if you were making money off of it. Um, You'll get access to the montages. You'll get access to all my digital books on the website. And you'll get a free copy of one of my books physically autographed if you'd like. www.thesecretteachings.info Those books are Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, the second edition coming out very soon. You can buy it and it's basically a pre-order. I'll send it out. We do ship overseas, and you can use the deal to renew your renew your yearly subscription. And my other book, Occult Arcana, which is the basis for the symbolism of understanding the technological elixir. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and thank you all so much for listening, supporting this show, and giving me the feedback that you gave me in the emails before the show, knowing we were going to do this show. We had a lot of listeners that messaged us about all kinds of stuff pertaining to the show. Uh, Joseph Lavelle messaged us about the Alexa commercial, so thank you, Joseph. All of our new subscribers, countless and too many to name, but we will, uh, I want to try to do that more often, name all the new subscribers. If you'd like to find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, don't let it take you. Disconnect from the system. And be human, rather than be part machine. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up.